Amen. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse number 35. Mark chapter 4, verse number 35. Mark 4, 35. Let's read what the uh, St. Matthew tells us this morning. Verse number 35. On the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, and so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And and he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Chapter 5, verse 1. Now when they come to the other side, everybody say to the other side. Look to your other neighbor and tell them to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, to the other side. And this morning I want to preach on that thought this morning, to the other side. Everybody say to the other side. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word today. It's always true. Thank you for this wonderful family that's gathered together in your name. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to pastor these people. Help me never take it for granted, the people that you've given me. And I pray that you would bless them, that their ears would be open, that their heart would be receptive, that most of all, we would be faithful, but also fruitful. We won't fail to praise you for this. And everyone said, Amen. I am certainly glad that we made it through 2018. We've had our challenges as a church, as a people, we've had our our challenges, and we've had our struggles, and I believe that we're going to continue to have struggles and challenges as we progress in this year. Um, I'm excited about this year because I know that God is with us, and that no matter what we face, He will always be with us. Jesus said to His disciples, I am with you always, even into the end of the world. One translation says, I'm with you always, even into the end of this age. So we take comfort in knowing that Christ will always be with us, no matter what year we progress in. I'm not sure if God is so concerned about the calendar year like you and I are. We, we have a tendency to count the years. We look back and realize how far we've come. We have memories of previous years. But I'm not too concerned if God, I'm not sure if God is too concerned about that. I think that God is more concerned about our conduct than He is the calendar. He's more concerned about our character than He is the calendar. He, he wants us to grow and progress in Him. Now, I know that as we go into this year, there's going to be more storms that we're going to face. I don't want to be a bearer of bad news this morning, but that's life. We're going to have more disappointments, we're going to have unfortunate situations. But we do have a promise that He's always going to be with us, even in the great storms of life. The Bible tells us in this story that I just read to you, in Mark chapter number 4, and verse number 35, Mark 4, 35, Jesus tells them that we must go to the other side. We must cross over to the other side. And no matter what we face in life, we've got to hold on to that challenge. As we progress in this year, and we start a new year in 2019, we've got to be reminded of the promise of Jesus that we will make it to the other side. Amen? How many agrees with Pastor Josh, we're going to make it to the other side? 
no matter what storm we may face, no matter how uh, tempest the storm may be, we're going to make it to the other side. Now, if we're going to make it to the other side, there are some things I want you to see in this story that I think is very beneficial. If we're going to make it to the other side, I want you to write down these three things. Number one, in the, the year 2019, as we start a new year, we're going to continue to make it to the other side. And there are some things in this story that I believe that is applicable for your life. Number one, I want you to see in this story that Jesus already determined the destination, but he didn't necessarily determine the itinerary. And that's the thing that you've got to see in the story. Jesus determined the destination, but he did not determine or he did not lay out the itinerary. Now, what is an itinerary? An itinerary is things that you've got to go through before you get to the destination. And Jesus lays out the destination. What is the destination? Verse number 35, let us go over to the other side. That is the destination. But Jesus did not give us the itinerary. He did not give us the itinerary. In other words, He told us where we're going, but He did not tell us what we got to go through to get to. Did you hear what Pastor Joshua said? He told us where we're going, but He did not tell us what we got to go through to get to it. He determined the destination, but Jesus never identified the itinerary. He never told us what we had to go through. Verse number 35, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. That is the destination. Verse number 38, the disciples begin to freak out. They awoke the Master and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So get this. Verse number 35, Jesus tells them the destination. Verse number 38, G uh, the disciples become fearful. They become perplexed because of the storm. And then verse number 40 in the story, Jesus gets up out of the boat, gets up out from his slumber, his sleep, and he tells the disciples, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? So do you see the progression here? Verse number 35, look at it, verse 35, what is the destination? The destination is a promise. We're going to the other side. Get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Verse number 38, the disciples freak out. We're going to perish. How many has ever met those people before? They just freak out. They're freaking out. They're, they're, they're perplexed. And then in verse 40, Jesus says, hold on. Why are you so fearful? And isn't that how we operate sometimes? You know what Jesus is saying to the disciples? Why are you allowing a little storm to cause you to panic? Why are you allowing a little storm to cause you to worry? Why are you allowing a little storm to cause you to be so stressed out? Why does a little gossip cause you to quit the church? Why does a little wrong relationship cause you to become disheartened? Why does a little marriage issues cause you to become uh, disheartened and perplexed? Why does a little difficulty in your life causes you to be halted towards your purpose? Why does a little sickness in your life discourage you to the point that you don't believe the promises of God? Did I not tell you the destination? 
Did I not tell you that we're going to make it to the other side? And if I told you that you're going to make it to the other side, then why are you panicking over a little storm? Why are you becoming so perplexed over a little storm when I already told you in verse 35, you're going to make it to the other side? Ladies and gentlemen, don't get so worried and perplexed about the storms of life. Why are we so stressed? Why are we so worried about it when you've got 1,066 pages in this book that tells you you're going to make it to the other side, that tells you that He's going to provide for you, that tells you that He's going to hold your hand, that tells you that no matter what happens in life, He's going to be there with you all the way to the very end? Why are you so perplexed? Why are you so worried? Why are you so frustrated when you know the destination? You don't know the itinerary. You don't know what you've got to get through to get to it, but you do know the promise. You do know the destination. You do know what He told you. We become so perplexed over the storms of life when Jesus was very clear that you're going to make it to the other side. You're going to make it to the other side. Number two. Now this is interesting. Look at, look at the Bible. Everybody look at the Bible or look at the screen and see this. I never saw this before, but I thought this was interesting. Mark 4, verse 36. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats was also with him. So number two, if you want to make it to the other side, you've got to be reminded of the destination. And you've got to also understand that he doesn't he doesn't tell you what you're going to go through. He doesn't tell you the itinerary. He does give you the destination, number one. Number two, you've got to leave the multitude. Leave the multitude. Now that doesn't mean anything to you until I explain this to you. The Bible says, look at it, verse 36, and they left the multitude. Everybody just yell that out real loud. They left the multitude. Everybody say, they left the multitude. Now, my question to you is, who is the multitude? Who is the multitude? Well, the multitude obviously is a mass gathering of people that the, the gospel writer Mark is indicating that there is a group of people that's following Jesus and this group of people wanted things from Jesus, obviously. They desired to be fed. They desired to be healed. Uh, some were demon-possessed. And Jesus, because of His great power, His fame, a great multitude would follow Him so they could, they, they could touch Him. And so that's who the multitude was. Now, I want to say this, and it's important that you get this. Even though there is a great multitude following Jesus, this actually took a toll on Jesus' body. This actually wore Jesus out. This was very stressful on Jesus that a great multitude followed Him wherever He went. Now, how do I know this? I'm going to read scriptures in the book of Mark, Mark 1, 2, and 3, chapters 1, 2, and 3, and I want you to see the issue that Jesus is having with the multitude, all right? And that will set the stage for Mark chapter 4, where Jesus left the multitude, all right? That gives you an understanding of why Jesus left the multitude, all right? So you don't have to turn there. The scriptures will be behind me. Now, see this progression, all right? We're going to see the multitude, and how taxing the multitude was on Jesus. Mark 1, verse 33. Mark 1, verse 33. And this will give you a synopsis of, uh, of, of the multitude. Mark 1, and verse number 33. 
and the whole city was gathered together at the door. All right? Now, I'm not going to read all of it, but they were there at the door because they wanted Jesus to heal them. So, you see verse 33, then Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark 1 and verse 35. Now, in the morning, having risen a long, long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitude place there pray, and there prayed. And Simon... And those who were with him searched for him, verse 37, and when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. So Jesus, you need to stop praying. Come out here because everybody is looking for you. Look at Mark chapter 2 and verse number 1. Mark chapter 2, verse number 1. And again he entered to Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even to hear, not even near the door, for he preached the word to them. Verse number three, then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Verse number four, and when they could not come near to him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. So do you see what's happening here? There's a great multitude. I mean, there's lots of people to the point that Jesus couldn't even heal people. They had to they had to make a hole in the roof to let somebody down. There's so many people following Jesus. You see in Mark chapter 2 verse 13. Mark chapter 2 verse 13. Then he went out again by the sea and all of the multitude came to him and he taught them. So you see a multitude following Jesus. This is a severe situation here. This is going to wear Jesus out. Mark chapter 3 verse number 7. Mark chapter 3 verse number 7. But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. Now, why is Jesus withdrawing to the sea or withdrawing himself to the sea? Because a great multitude is always following Jesus. How many would agree with Pastor Josh that get on your ever living nerve? I mean, everywhere Jesus went, this multitude is following him. So verse number seven, he had to withdraw himself by the sea and a great multitude from Galilee followed him from Judea. So here is a multitude keep following him over and over and over. Now look at verse number 9. This is interesting. Mark chapter 3 verse 9. So he told the disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should what? So you know what Jesus said to him? Listen folks, I'm worn out. The people are wearing me out. Would you please get a boat ready so I can get on the boat? Because if you don't get me on a boat, these people are going to crush me to death. So the multitude is pressing in to him. I want you to see the picture of what St. Matthew is trying to convey to us. Verse number 20, Mark 3 verse 20, look at it. Mark chapter 3 verse 20. Then the multitude came together, look at it, so that they could not even so much eat their bread Jesus couldn't even eat his peanut butter and jelly sandwich because the multitude was following him wherever he went. He couldn't even eat. The multitude was with him wherever he went. Do you see the picture here? Jesus is saying, These, the multitude's going to crush me. I can't even eat my bread. I can't even eat food because of the multitude. Mark chapter 3 and verse number 31. Mark chapter 3, verse 31. Then his brothers... And his mother came, standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. Why are they standing outside? His own mother 
couldn't even get into the house because there were so many people. Verse 32, and a multitude was what? Sitting around him. And they said, look, your mother and your brother are outside seeking you. It's a shame when your own family can't even get to you because of the multitude. Mark chapter 4, verse 1, and he began to teach by the sea and a what? Help pastor out this morning. And a what? A great multitude gathered to him. And what did he do? He got in a what? And he stood on a, in a boat to teach the crowd because the multitude was so heavy. So guess what? I said all of that to say this. It was very important that I read all those scriptures to you because now that gives you a backdrop of what's happening in the story I read to you in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Look at it. Mark 4, 35. Mark 4, 35. Let's look at the story I read to you. On the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Verse 36. And when he had left the what? I want you to shout it out as loud as you can shout it out. I'm going to read it one more time. Verse 36. And when he had left the what? Jesus left the multitude. Why did he leave the multitude? They were wearing him out. He couldn't even eat his food. He couldn't even see his mother. Couldn't see his brother. He had to stand on a boat to teach the multitude because they were wearing him out. My point is this, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to make it to the other side, in this new year, you're going to have to understand that not everybody's going to go with you. Not everybody is going to go with you. You can't take everybody to the other side. Not everybody is qualified to go with you. Some people have to stay on the seashore while you get on the boat and go to the other side. Not everybody's going to be committed. Not everybody's going to sacrifice. Not everybody's going to walk the extra mile. Not everybody's going to do that. There are some people that's just a part of the multitude. They just want to come and get blessed. They want a fish sandwich on the, the side of the Judean hillside. They want Jesus to heal them. They want the miracles. They want the blessing. They want the glory. But they don't want an all-night prayer meeting. They don't want sacrifice. They don't want commitment. They want to be a part of the multitude. And you've got to understand that if you want to make it in 2019, you can't be a part of the multitude. You've got to get on the little boat with Jesus and say, I'm going to leave some people behind and I'm going to get serious. Not everybody can go with you. Not everybody is going to understand. Not everybody's going to be committed. And I could preach till I'm blue in the face about being committed and being faithful and being positive, but that doesn't change anything. It has to be a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And there's lots of multitudes. There's lots of people going to church today. Multitudes of people going to church. The church of Jesus Christ is not dying. We're very much alive. There is a multitude attending church. But the multitude is not committed and they won't sacrifice and they won't go the extra mile. And Jesus says, you've got to leave the multitude behind. I, I, I'm in, and I'm saying that, but you know what? I'm encouraged. I really am. That's a part of my sermon. But my opinion, I pastor one of the greatest churches in the area. I mean, that's my opinion. And I'm encouraged this morning because as I look around, I'm reminded of people who sacrifice. I'm reminded of Raina's story. How 
she used to work all night at the hospital and get off at 8 o'clock and come to church. Never complain. Not only did she do that, but she came back Sunday night and never said a word. That's what you call committed, dedicated people. Not a part of the multitude. I'm, I'm encouraged by people like Chris Stalling, who sits in the back today, who worked all night and just got off just a few hours ago, got up here to play the keyboard. Never complain, smile, wants to worship God, willing to serve. As I look up across the audience, I see many people who have sacrificed and who was committed during adverse situations. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you for being so committed. Thank you for sacrificing. And there are other people that I'm not mentioning by name, but you know who you are. I've just given a few, just given a few examples about how sometimes you can't be a part of the multitude. Sometimes you've got to sacrifice. Sometimes you've got to go the extra mile. And it's easy to become discouraged. It's easy to say, listen, nobody else is sacrificing. Nobody else is doing it. Nobody else is going the extra mile. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if nobody else is doing it. You do it. Can somebody help Pastor Josh out? I said, it doesn't matter if nobody else is doing it. You continue to do it. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Matthew 26, 36. Matthew 26, 36. Look at it. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go pray. And he took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he became very sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. And look at verse 39. And he went a little further. Because if you're really serious about Jesus, you've got to learn to go a little further while everybody else is sleeping. Those disciples were sleeping, but Jesus went a little further. If nobody else is coming to prayer meeting, you come to prayer meeting. If nobody else is giving, you give. If nobody else is smiling, you smile. If nobody else is praising, you praise. If nobody else is excited, you get excited. You go a little further. Jesus couldn't even get his own three best friends to pray with him. Peter, James, and John were sleeping. And he went a little further. In 2019, you've got to go a little further. 2019, you've got to make a decision, I'm going a little further. My point is, is you can't take the multitude with you. My point is, not everybody's going to go with you. Not everybody is going to be with you. But somebody is going to be with you. Somebody is going to be with you. Somebody is going to go with you. Not everybody. The multitude's not going to go. But somebody from the multitude will go. You need somebody sometime. You were never created to be an island by yourself. You need somebody sometime. Batman needed Robin. Mickey needs Minnie. Paul needs Timothy. Elijah needs Elisha. Moses needs Aaron. We all need somebody. Somebody. 
And you know what is interesting in this scripture? Verse 36. Mark chapter 4, verse 36. Mark 4, 36. And he left the multitude, and they took with him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were with him also. Now stop here. Jesus left the what? What did Jesus leave? And when Jesus left the multitude, the Bible says other little boats went with him as well. So did the multitude go with Jesus? Did the multitude go with Jesus? But what went with him? Some little boats went with him. You see, you can't take the multitude with you but there are some little boats you can take with you. There are some few people you can take with you. There are some few people that will love you. Few people will support you. There's a couple people that will pray with you. Not everybody is a part of the multitude. There is some little boats that will pray with you. And there are some little boats that will go with you in the journey. The problem sometimes is, is that we can't distinguish between the multitude and the little boats. We think everybody's the same. But this is so exciting. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? Some people, get this, some people from the multitude, obviously, according to what I read here, they left the multitude, they took Jesus in the boat, and other little boats were also with him. So could it be that some of the people from the multitude got a boat, got a little boat. Would that stand to reason? So, who do you need to go with you in 2019? You need people in your life that does whatever the Lord does. Jesus got a boat, and so obviously, some people from the multitude saw it and they got a boat too. So who needs to go with you in 2019? You need people in your life that does what Jesus does. Jesus got a boat. Some folks from the multitude said, listen, I'm not staying in the multitude. I'm going to get a little boat and follow Jesus. Do you know who needs to go with you in 2019? You need some people who do what Jesus does. That's ghetto language right there. Look to your neighbor and say, you've got to do it. It's not about, it's not about hips, lips, and fingertips. You've got to be connected to people that is following the example of Jesus. I'm not going to stay on the seashore and just sit here and watch you go in the sea. I'm going to get a boat, Jesus, and I'm going to go with you. My boat may not be as big as Sally's or Joe, but my boat is going to get in the sea and I'm going to follow you because I'm not going to stay in the multitude any longer. You need to get connected with people that know how to sacrifice and be committed and know how to get in a boat and follow Jesus no matter what the price may be. You don't want to get connected to people who stand on the seashore with their arms folded and say, well, I didn't have the money to get a boat. Well, if Jesus was in my boat, I probably could, I probably could make it too. 
But they made a way. They jumped on the boat and said, we're not staying on the seashore. So a few little boats, a few little boats. You see, do you, you see what the Holy Spirit is saying here? There is a multitude that wants blessing and healing and deliverance and they want Jesus' touch. But there was only a few little boats that followed Him. Just a few little boats that follow Him. It's interesting that in the storm, in the storm, the little boats didn't turn back and go back. Notice in the storm, the little boats didn't get freaked out and say, oh, the wind and the waves too big, let's, let's go back to the seashore. You need people in your life that's not going to revert and go back. You need people in your life that will always go forward. Always go forward. So number two, you have to leave the multitude. Number one, there's the destination. You don't know what the itinerary is, but you do know the destination. Number two, you've got to leave the multitude. Sometimes you've got to be that little boat. Number three, this is interesting, my last point. They talked to Jesus and Jesus talked to the storm. Now, do you see the parallel here? This is interesting. Uh, they talked to Jesus, but yet Jesus talked to the storm. Verse number 38, look at it. Verse 38, Mark 4, 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse number 39, he arose and rebuked the wind. Stop. Now, do you see what's happening here? Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is sleeping. Jesus is sleeping on a pillow. And you can just imagine these disciples are already aggravated. How in the world can you be sleeping in the storm and we're out here freaking out and you're sleeping? But Jesus understood that they were going to make it to the other side. But I want you to see something. Verse number 38. Jesus is sleeping on a pillow in the stern of the boat. The disciples are worried. They said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39. Did Jesus talk to the disciples or did Jesus talk to the storm? It doesn't make sense. They're telling Jesus, Jesus, we are perishing. And what did Jesus do? Got up and spoke to the storm. He didn't speak to them. If I'm telling you my problem and you ignore me, and go start talking about something else, that's rude. The disciples are saying, Lord, do you care that we are perishing? Jesus gets up and speaks to the storm. It would almost make sense that he, he would have... Oh. Listen, guys. Listen. It's okay. Everything's going to be alright. I know you're freaking out, but just trust me. That's not what happened. They're freaking out. Do you not care that we're perishing? He gets up and he rebukes the storm. He didn't even talk to him. The point is this. He didn't talk to them because he had already talked to them before in verse number 35. He already told them in verse 35. What did he say in 35? He said in verse number 35, we're going to make it to the other side. 
Pastor Larry, he already told them they were going to make it. He didn't need to talk to them any longer. He already told them, we're going to make it to the other side. Jesus is saying, why are you freaking out? Why are you worrying about it? Why are you stressing over it? I already told you before I went to sleep, we're going to make it to the other side. And ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you, there's no reason to be stressed out. He already told you you're going to make it in the end. He already told you that you were going to make it. How many more sermons do we need to remind us that we're going to make it? How many more Bible studies do we have to be a part of to remind us of our destination? He said, don't freak out. I've already told you you're going to make it to the other side. Now, it's interesting. They talked to Jesus and then Jesus talked to the storm. I'm going to say that again. They talked to Jesus, and Jesus talked to the storm. Number three, they talked to Jesus, and Jesus talked to the storm. They didn't get up and cuss out the storm. They didn't get mad at the storm. They didn't have questions about the storm. They just talked to Jesus about it, and Jesus talked to the storm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you will just develop a relationship with Jesus, listen, it's a tragedy when we try to go search for other things to bring fulfillment, when the only thing that can ever really bring fulfillment in your life is Jesus. No person, no child, no job, no calling, none of that's going to bring fulfillment in your life. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. When you understand the principle in Matthew 6.33, that when you put Jesus first... Everything else will fall in place. They talked to Jesus, and Jesus talked to the storm. Now, this is interesting. Get this. Jesus is in a boat, and the multitude is on the seashore. Jesus is in the middle of the sea, in a boat. The winds and the waves are rocking. He's sleeping in the boat. The disciples are freaking out. Jesus gets up, calms the winds and the waves. And the little boats, there's other little boats on the sea. Is that right? So do you see what's happening here? It's, this is so exciting. One boat talked to Jesus. And because of the one boat that talked to Jesus, it calmed the sea and because it calmed the sea, the other little boats benefited from it. Did you all just hear what I just said? Let me just say it again. Jesus is in the middle of the sea on a boat. There's other little boats on the sea. People are on the seashore. There's a big tempest. There's the wind blowing. It's rocking the boat. The disciples freak out. Master, we're perishing. Jesus gets up, calms the winds and the waves. Because one boat, because they talked to Jesus in the one boat, it benefited the other boats. When I pray, you may not be praying, but because I pray, it's going to affect your boat. Your kids may not be praying, but you pray in your boat so that it may affect the little boats. Hear what I'm saying? 
Not every boat, not every boat is going to call on Jesus. Not everybody is going to call on Jesus, but if you call on Jesus in your boat, it's going to affect the other boats in the sea. So guess what? If we pray for revival here in Galena at Christ Point, some churches may not want it. Some churches may not pray for it. I don't know. But could it be if this boat began to call on Jesus, could it affect the other boats in town? Only one boat talked to Jesus. And as a result, the other little boats became at rest in the sea. Verse number 38. He was in the stern, asleep on the pillow. They awoke him and said, Teacher, get this. Get this. Verse 38. Teacher, do you not care that we, we, that's, First person plural. Do you not care that we are perishing? Now hold on. They awoke him, said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus is like, Joker, don't include me in your pronoun here. I am not going to perish in this storm. I am the Son of God. I came down from heaven, was born of a virgin, and I'm not going to die in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. My destiny is over this river at an old rugged cross. I'm not going to die in the sea. Don't you put me in that sentence that we are going to perish. Jesus is saying, there are some people on the other side that needs me. There's a woman with the issue of blood. She needs to be healed. She's on the other side. Blind Bartimaeus is on the other side. The lame man is on the other side. The old ragged cross is on the other side. And I'm not going to die in the middle of the sea. And somebody needs to tell the devil, I'm not going to die in the middle of the sea on this boat. I've got to make it to the other side. My calling and my destiny is on the other side. Not going to die in the middle of the sea? You know why Jesus said that? Because Jesus saw himself on the other side. Jesus knew there was a woman waiting to be healed. Jesus knew there was a blind man waiting to be re receiving sight. He knew that his destiny was the cross. He saw himself on the other side. And ladies and gentlemen, in 2019, you've got to change your perspective your perspective is either your passport or your prison in life. You've got to start seeing yourself on the other side. You've got to get a grip of your life and start seeing yourself in a better condition. You've got to see yourself healed and see yourself delivered and see yourself stronger. See yourself praying and see yourself operating in the gifts of the Spirit. See the Holy Spirit doing something in your life. Hallelujah. <laughs> Every storm in your life is an opportunity for Him to teach you more of His character. Now, as we start this new year, Jesus says, verse 30, Why are you so fearful? 
Mark 4.30, how is it that you have no faith? They feared Him exceedingly, said to one another, who could this be that even the wind and the sea obey Him? This is so good. Chapter 5, verse 1. Get this. Chapter 5, verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea. That's shouting territory. <laughs> then they came to the other side of the sea. I'm going to say that again. Then they came to the other side of the sea. Did they die in the sea? Did they get fearful in the sea? Did they want to give up in the sea? Did they get perplexed in the sea? Yes, but they came to the other side of the sea. They came to the other side of the sea. You've got to tell yourself, I'm getting to the other side of the sea. I may feel depressed. I may feel discouraged. I may feel perplexed. 2018 was a hellish year. But this morning I raised my heart to heaven and I see myself going to the other side. I'm going to the other side. I'm going to the other side. I refuse to lay down in this boat and die. I feel the Holy Spirit well up on the inside of me. I've got the courage. I've got the strength to make it to the other side. Then they came to the other side of the sea. They made it to the other side. Because this story teaches us that Jesus has already determined the destination. He didn't lay out the itinerary. Ladies and gentlemen, the itinerary is not laid out for us. But you've got to remember your destination no matter how boisterous the sea may be. You've got to hold on to the destination and the promise of the destination. Number one. Number two, you've got to leave the multitude. Not everybody's going to go with you. Not everybody's going to sacrifice. But there are a few little boats that will go with you. There are a few little boats that will stay in the sea with you. Not the multitude, but a few little boats. Number three, it reminds us that if you talk to Jesus, Jesus will talk to the storm. And as a result, because you talk to Jesus, it benefits the other boats. And then we learn that even in the middle of the sea, they made it to the other side. Verse number one. And they made it to the other side. Mark chapter 5, verse 1, I'm going to say it again. And they made it to the other side. Then they came to the other side of the sea. Chapter, verse number 2, immediately there was a man that met him from the tombs. Why do you got to make it to the other side? The reason we got to make it to the other side is because there are people that's living in darkness. There's people that's living in chains. Verse number 3, this man was living in chains. The reason that you can make it, folks, the reason that you can make it to the other side is because somebody on the other side is in chains. They're in sickness. They're bound up. And the reason you're going to make it to the other side is because He has not called you to sleep in a boat. He's not called you to rest in the boat. He's called you to do ministry. 
you, he's called you to do destiny. He's called you to do a purpose. He's not calling you to the other side so you can have a tea party. He's calling you to the other side so that you can be healing ointment to the world. Amen. To the other side we go.